Welcome. We are the Projectile Lunchcast, a group of friends with a combined professional video games industry experience of over 20 years. More importantly, we have collectively been discussing video games for close to a century, including during most of our lunch breaks. People forced to witness these arguments kept telling us to just get a room and make a podcast. So that's what we did. We don't think they had any idea what they were bargaining for, yet here we are. And we couldn't be more excited to have you, dear listener, join us on this adventure. Projectile Lunchcast episode 8. Uh, my name is still Marcel. I'm still your host and again I'm joined by my dear dear friend Richard. Hey hey. Uh, we're joined once again back from vacation in sunny sunny England. Matt. Welcome back. Hi. <laughs> and unfortunately Basti is not with us today because last I heard uh, Basti went off to Korea with some virtual uh, anime boyfriend who kept calling him yeah, he's in the messenger. He's got to find his seven. So to replace him here is once again Nick, who was with us two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Hello. Uh, I thought Bestie was in a farm upstate, on a farm upstate somewhere? Uh, upstate Korea, right? Upstate Korea. <laughs> Seems yeah. safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is, uh, in any case, Bestie's not with us today, but he may or may not be back. It's Rödinger's Bestie, essentially. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. He will be back. Sure. After uh, Gamescom, which is ongoing as you hear this right now, I think. We're at, ga- we're at Gamescom. Well, if you hear it on time, right? Yes, well, as the time at the time of this release of this episode being released, we're at Gamescom busting myself for work. How did you like playing Avengers with me? Uh, I, it was great. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. let's not derail from the get go. No, today we have a uh, interesting topic that Nick has proposed because Nick is, I believe, a programmer. Yeah, I dressed for the occasion. I mean, people don't see it, but it's like. My, yes, my best Nick, shirt Nick is wearing a shirt that says "World's Okayest Programmer," which I really like. I like the like the the, the, the energy of that, the, the modesty. You know. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's just you know that's it's good to that's, be humble, isn't it? As confident as I can be. So. If that's what you're aiming for in life, then you have like fifty percent of my support. So, <laughs> Matt, okay. Nick, would you like to introduce today's topic? What are we talking about? We are talking about AI in video games. The Haley Joe Osment movie. Huh? You have to spell that out for people. What is AI? I. Yeah, I was about to do something like that. Uh, just artificial, artificial intelligence, yes. Excellent, excellent. Very, very good. So um, You passed the first test. You know what's funny? I, I tried to find a book on Amazon like two days ago. And when I typed in artificial, what it auto-completed was vagina, but spelled incorrectly. It was vagina. And that was so good because so many people had to misspell that so that it gets proposed to me as a... That is not the Haley Joel Osment movie. This wasn't just your own search. No, 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 it wasn't. No. It absolutely was. Okay, so so going back to... (laughs) Good good topic intro. Vaginas, right? (laughs) Uh, So going back to AI in games, uh, it's an interesting topic because I think AI is often case... It's kind of a little bit like audio, and sorry to audio people. Like, it's one of these things, oh yeah, like, like, like in football, like the goalkeeper. If it's there and it's good, then people don't talk about it that much in many cases. Right. But if it's not there, if it's broken, then people will, will bitch about it, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, like, I mean, the just... only case when people talk about it when it's good, it's when, when it's outstanding. Yeah. Mm. That or like, doesn't like happen. groundbreaking or something. Yeah, it doesn't happen so often. Sure. 
Well, yeah, if you're, if you're doing the job right, then people don't notice it. Yeah. yeah. So, so what's like the Manuel Neuer of uh, of AI? What's like the, the top dog of AI programming? So there's a goalkeeper. First of all, <laughs> since he's a Bayern player, I wouldn't call him the top dog. Okay. Anyway. Underdog? A, no, that's you. Right? <laughs> Football, we call it over here. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. Richard. Wait, I can... Like, what, 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 like, what is the paradigm for, like, currently in the world, like, in games, what is the best AI that you've seen? What examples of AI are I mean, the, the most interesting? Yeah, I mean, like, you couldn't really say the best because there are so many different applications for it. You have a favourite? Cortana. I mean, she doesn't C- really do much, right? Seaman. What's that? Do you not know Seaman? Before his time, dude. Jesus. All right, this might be, this might, this might be interesting as an AI, AI programmer, but on the Dreamcast, there was a game called Seaman. Why would uh, you say it was before my time that your first console was the PlayStation 2 or something? It's the same time. It was, it was at Marcel's time, no, maybe before I was your just time. a late gaming bloomer. You were a late being born bloomer. Oh, right. That's the difference. Anyway, so Seaman was a, was a game on the Dreamcast where you had a, a thing that you put into your controller that was a microphone, and you raised a fish with a human face that would talk to you. That is amazing. It was narrated by Leonard Nimoy. He did not play the fish. He's still talking <laughs> about David Seaman, right, Richard? And Matt? God, I love like, it. Why Leonard, why Leonard Nimoy? He crops up everywhere. But Nimoy yes. was just there. He's like, the Seaman is a very interesting No, that's specimen. your Sean Connery I can't. They're all the same. Yeah. I only got one impression. But the point... So, like... Um, Isn't he dead now? He would... Th- th- yes. Yes. And so is We need AI to, to stimulate his voice so he can do it again. Nimoy yeah. for Seaman. Please. So like you you raised this uh, you raised this little fish man and he would talk to you and like remember your birthday and learn things from you. Killing space, yeah. Yes, yes, it was Google. It was, yeah, that's the deep uh, deep blue. Yeah, you should definitely look up Seaman. man. That's some interesting AI. How do you and spell it? Judging by your Amazon search history, you've probably already searched for something similar, but it's <laughs> it's actually like S E A man. Like like David Seaman, you know, coming back to the topic of goalkeepers. I There's really a deep don't. cut for you, Matt, eh? Yeah. So yeah, uh, football, right? Football, football, right? <laughs> How about that soccer, right? Yeah, so yeah, actually yeah, I can sports. talk about that a little bit. About football? Yeah, football AI. Soccer oh, game AI. Oh, oh, it's a it's a big thing because um, it took us eight like, episodes to get here, but now it comes it, to yeah, This is my this is my little a uh, guilty pleasure, which is uh, <laughs> it's football sims um, and football games generally. And um, one of the things that you notice is that the AI hasn't really changed very much or kept up very well with changes to uh, the emergent type gameplay that's happening in football games. So like I like the big football game um, that begins with F. Uh, that that game has um, quite a lot of possibilities in it for the player. So as with a controller, you're you're sort of um, doing your own thing, and you, so many options available to you. There's loads of stuff going on. But the the AI opposition, if you're playing against a CPU, for example, um, they they're kind of somehow very rigid in their play, and you can understand that because um, AI the AI programming part of the game hasn't kept up with What's happened on the on the like playability side and the, the kind of op, uh, possibility side, um, but I find it really like incredibly. It must be it's going to be incredibly challenging for them to actually create in the future opposition that can compete with players. It seems to me like the big thing, or you just pit people against each other all the time and you don't bother with AI anymore and get football games because it just it's so clear that it's not adequate at the moment. Yeah, I feel like. It's- like in in most cases, when you implement AI into a game, you don't necessarily want the AI to just fuck up the player because that would, in most cases, just ruin the experience for the player. 
So it, it, it does come down to a little bit of balancing on stuff like that, is what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Like, what in your case would be, like, in your opinion, would be good AI? Like, what qualifies as AI in games and, like, what would you want to see from an AI to say it's good? Well, I mean, that's 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 one of the things that, that came out that was really interesting while we were kind of researching this topic is it is a little more art in the AI than you uh, than you might imagine. Like certain certain genres of games uh, will expect to to show AI a little bit better. Uh, Marcel actually hit me to a pretty good example of that with the the Call of Duty. Sure, I mean, I, personally, I would have said my criteria for great AI is to be vaguely bluish, translucent, right, and live in my head. So, but we're going to talk about Halo here because Halo also has great oh, actual AI, not just Cortana. Um, yeah, like the, I, I'm not sure if it was Call of Duty. I believe it was Call of Duty. Yeah. And um, so you know, obviously, Call of Duty probably not the first game that people think of when it comes to great AI because a lot of it feels like a shooting gallery, right? You know, it's like a theme park, right? And uh, I think it was Call of Duty, and I can't remember which one because there's been a few. Yeah. Uh, where one of the devs, so talking about the topic of AI, said, you know, like. Our AI is not, in quotation marks, stupid mm-hmm. because we can't do it any better. You know, like there's tons of uh, AI uh, middleware stuff like Ethereum or so. But uh, like the idea there for them was like, you know, people play our games as kind of a power fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't want our AI to be so so clever or something to ruin that. You know, for the, sure. our AI serves a very specific role. That's kind of like window dressing for people to to live through that roller coaster ride and the power fantasy. And that is why our AI is again, in quotation marks, as dumb as it is, because that serves exactly the goal that we have for a game. And I quite, found it quite interesting. It, it got me thinking like that... Being an action hero is requires you to fight kind of idiots. Storm yeah, so like, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got like your, your, your stormtroopers, your James Bond guys that always like, you know, the bullets hit the wall one meter behind you as you mm-hmm. sprint away or something like that. Um, it got me thinking about like the first times I as a player thought about the topic of AI and that was uh, with Unreal like the original right. Unreal which right. I think came out in 98 summer 98 or something yeah I couldn't put an exact date on it <laughs> we're not doing this anymore fine no we're not um, and it had some pretty clever and also like bots like you know, I remember like playing with a friend it was like a, a multiplayer map it was like some kind of like foggy castle medieval castle or something mm-hmm. and uh the AI, we're like, we're really, you're really get, getting fucked up by the AI. And then back then you thought, man, this, this, this AI is amazing. It's so clever. And, and the same with Quake, like Quake 3 bots. And then only later on did I realize, you know, there, there's two different layers to AI. Like what we were thinking about then maybe isn't necessarily like AI in a sense of intelligence. It was just like this guy comes around the corner and gives you a headshot, you know, which yeah it is not necessarily intelligence right it's just like you give this ai more or less a like inhuman reflexes or, or an aimbot or something right. but back then we thought man this ai is amazing like this guy is better than any player i play against it's intelligent whereas you know what what really i guess it defines ai as things like reacting to to the environment sure. or what you do as a player stuff like that right? so i mean that's why i wanted to, to to tie the kind of art answer or the the like that 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 technical part ties the the art into it for me like i think if you're asking me what a good ai would be it is something that reacts in ways that i haven't anticipated but are still realistic or or ai that uh you know, you're playing a game and you're like, well, I want to try this. Is this going to work? And it does. I think that that, that feeling as a player is something that people are really, really drawn to. Um, uh, one, one of the ones that, uh, that that comes up in the same vein was uh, was like one of your Splinter Cells. 
like your your, 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 your your last known position sort of thing, like things that make sense. The the AI is drawn to where it last had made contact with you, uh, uh, so so it's not always like um, like even even recent games, even like a, like a Borderlands. The minute you shoot at somebody in Borderlands, the whole squad knows where you are. They're all coming to get you. They're already super coordinated. But in that, it's like you can see them kind of working out from your last known position. And I think those are the touches when you ask what what makes a good AI. Right. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Some of it feels like an illusion, right. to be honest. Yeah. It's like you don't want to know, you don't want to remember or be reminded mm. that you're playing against right. a computer. Yeah. And if you, the, the genius is finding a way of doing creating that illusion in the cheapest possible way, or like. In the um, in the most economical way, because obviously programming AI, I, I guess Nick is like a big, intense, resource-intensive thing. Uh, it takes a lot of time for programs to do that. In in my um, kind of novice sense of it, like um, to do a, a really proper job, like machine yeah. learning type stuff or whatever. You're yeah. <laughs> kind of jumping ahead there. <laughs> oh yeah. I think, uh, sorry, sorry. Like, just to come back to what Richard just said again. I think like stealth games are a perfect example. Like, where people, you know, like you will often see people say, "Oh, the AI in this is so dumb," but the truth is, it kind of has to be for the game to work, right? Because if, yeah. if even a stealth game, the AI actor really see, like Richard, you, you've been a soldier, right? Yeah. If, <laughs> if, if I you know, assume we're on patrol, like you know, at some like high security perimeter or something. You come across a corpse of a comrade, like yeah, probably right. wouldn't go back to yeah, it's fine. Like five minutes later, right? Yeah. So you know, I think must that have been like, the wind. I mean, <laughs> for games like I said, the first Assassin's Creed was always like, yeah, shit, I was spotted, I just kill everyone, and the next guy that passes is just like, well, even though you're standing in a, like a pile of corpses, it's just yeah, okay. It just like you thought you were him. the pile, you were the corpse collector from Monty. Yeah, sure. And bring out the dead. What I always really liked to, was uh, like in Metal Gear yeah. when you had that like especially the first one like uh, the sound the ding yeah huh um, <laughs> um, but it's like that this kind of predictability is there sure. so for the, from a gameplay point of view it's really nice yeah. as a player to know actually I know what they're doing like I can see where they're going I know what their route is um, and yeah that's not going to change I know that and that's yeah. safe but what's really nice is when that's contravened. Mm. Um, in in later Metal Gears, then it's not quite as fixed. I actually quite like that sort yeah. of sense that oh, actually maybe it's not a fixed route. And sometimes and later the like I, I can't name an example, but like patrol routes in games, right. those routines have changed over the years so that they've become um, something that's more organic. Um, so you're like oh, actually suddenly gone this way now. Um, I think in a way out, uh, the game a way out, you yeah. know, the prison escape. Mm-hmm. So I think of the example where you're trying to get out of the cell, you're trying to wait for the guards to go back and forth. Um, but actually, you realise it's really kind of um, there's an illusion there of like that they're completely independently thinking, and the guards sometimes take longer or less time. It's t- it seems totally random mm-hmm. what route they take, rather than just being as it would have been in the old days, this kind of fixed, um, timed thing. Well, the interesting thing when when people talk about stealth AI, especially when I hear them talking about how it's how it's not good, um, for me, yeah, like like you, you hit the nail on the head in that it, it is very much an artistic choice. Nobody wants to infiltrate a base that is on high alert because you know one of their buddies just got sniped. Uh, that that ju- definitely changes up a lot of stuff, and it's just not fun. I think one of the things that stealth games have wrestled with for a while is what to do after you get caught. You know, Assassin's Creed's messed around with that. Metal Gear has definitely messed around with that. Even in the first one where it was like, in 50 seconds, like it would put the timer right on the clock. In 50 seconds, it's going to be okay. 
But the the interesting thing about stealth games that that I think draws players to to observing the AI a little bit more is that it kind of peels back the thought process of an adversary in a way that you don't get in a lot of other other games. So it's like in in Hitman or or in uh, in, in Splinter Cell, it is always like, um, all right, I have noticed something suspicious uh wet footprints you know a body whatever now and they logic say yeah. it out loud right like well, hey they, yeah, 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 yeah sure so the player again that gets that window into exactly the yeah so, so you, you right you know that it's it's reacted to something um it, it is like okay i will look for the threat you know that it's doing that uh, i have seen the threat now i am <laughs> alerting my friends like it is all taking very believable steps that like that whole theory of mind you know, recognize another entity is is just plainly telling you, like, I assure you, I'm thinking of this, and it's not that telescopic, like, he's over there. I love the elites in uh, Assassin's Creed, mm. like the late, the two recent ones, that, like, obviously, those those um, elite, I can't remember what they're called, um, the elite enemies that, yeah. that get, like, detectives going around looking at, the, like, where you've oh, been, and yeah, they're, like, yeah. tracing you, and you can watch them, and you're like, they're coming for me, they're going to be here in a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not perfect, but it's like, I quite like, I really like the idea. You get the hint. Yeah. It adds more yeah. pressure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, what is important is that the player still is somehow able to outsmart the AI. That's what I meant when I said, like, you don't necessarily want the AI to just destroy the player, because mm-hmm. it would just take the fun out of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you should at least be somehow, somewhat, be able to predict what they are thinking or doing or what, what they're doing next so you can kind of plan ahead and kind of feel smarter than the AI. So what you're trying to do is, in, in a sense, create human vulnerabilities in the AI. Yeah. Or human um, kind of, uh, uh, like, flights of fancy. So you that like they try and do things like humans do in a kind of um, in slightly incompetent way, but also um, also in a kind of natural way. Yeah. Uh, and not and aren't just like well this is the optimal route I'm going to do this because that's what everybody thinks computers do. But yeah, I mean in some cases you also also want that because that's just like for the pro players that just like have two thousand hours in the game they they just would be so bored with like normal AI that's meant for the regular players of the game because at some point you're just way better than them so it's always good to have like different. Yeah, difficulty levels levels of the AI, so they can react to how good the player is. It's an interesting interesting thought because normally when you think about a lot of difficulty levels, uh, you think about developers taking easier ways out by saying on on higher difficulty, this thing has more, th- th- this enemy takes more damage, or they've got more shields, or you take more damage um, from them instead of adjusting the AI. I mean, a good example that always also pops up is alien isolation. Yeah. Because uh, as you play the game, the the alien, the xenomorph, just gets more senses, mm-hmm. which makes it harder. What, can you describe that for me? What do you mean? I mean, at first it kind of only reacts to like sound. Yeah. You make sound, it just comes to you, and like later levels, it also can can like see stuff or follow you or whatever. Is, is that explained narratively, or is that just how the difficulty naturally ramps during the game? Maybe just evolves. Like, yeah. The Xenomorph's not getting, it. like, a prescription lens. I mean, you learn how to play the game, and the AI gets more... Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Right, you. Yeah. But does it say overtly in the menu? Like, no, it, just, <laughs> it doesn't say, like, yeah, it doesn't say uh, like, hey, yeah. it can now see your whatever. Yeah. Well, it's kind of kind of interesting that it naturally ratchets up like that. That's pretty cool, especially if people don't don't immediately see the curtain. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, you know, obviously a, a famously bad AI counterpart to that would be Colonial Marines. Another fine aliens title. It was a typo. You remember, you, you've heard the typo story, right? What? No. So, so the original it's Colonial Marines comes out, and it's got already some some benchmark wacky AI when it comes to your like teammates uh, running into walls, just kind of doing stuff. But uh, famously, when that game came out, like the Xenomorphs themselves, these big, terrible, scary aliens, were just like like somebody gassed them or something. Like they were just nutty. Like they couldn't see you. They would walk past you. They would just kind of dumbly. Hang out on walls. Uh, you could walk right up to them, you know, and they wouldn't do it. And it, it had to be years later, right? Multiple yeah. years later. So, like, a fan discovered that uh, in the code, um, somebody had misspelled the word tether. Instead they of putting in, tether, it was T E I A T E R. Like tether. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They, they yeah. put an extra. And there was there. a reason the, the, the xenomorph could not probably tether to, you know, what, like the source of sound or whatever. It's just like Why did it even work? So, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Why, like, what does the code compile? I, I, <laughs> Randy magic. Randy magic. Randy put it all on a flash. Also, careful. Like, if you keep talking shit, he's going to send private messages. If you say Randy <laughs> magic three times in a mirror, he shows up behind you. Grossy three wishes. He's a USB stick. Um, but, the, yeah, so, so like, people people heard about this. I mean, like, Polygon, Kotaku, all those guys broke that kind of story. Like, ha, ha, ha. But if you go in the, into that code and you delete that, that thing, like, the AI just gets noticeably better. Like, that is amazing. Like, shockingly better. You know what's funny about that? Because last week we they were, should have noticed that when testing the game, right? You think the two weeks two weeks ago we talked about you know, like how how companies react to criticism and stuff like that <laughs> with the example of Tots. And I'm happy. Like, my goal is every episode at least once mention Todd Howard. Do you want me to put like the God Ray sound whenever you mention Todd? Like it's like Todd, Todd oh, on your yes. Todd. I think that's what it is. Isn't it? So uh, you know, like like a Gearbox's reaction to that was they very publicly and promoted social media. They put out a job listing on a web page for a spell checker for programming code. Whew. <laughs> they're like well, they at least were like yeah I guess I mean it's still mind blowing that like you know, like like with all the criticism that nobody in the team thought to themselves that's not how I programmed it right that's something something's off here well, but like I was working at Medieval Times by then so. I guess they were just very like uh, happy to wash their hands of that entire thing game mess <laughs> yeah probably so how much of AI development is about difficulty levels is that a big focus area? How many other areas are there? What, what kind of things do you think about if you're creating an AI? What, what other kind of criteria? I mean, it, it really depends on what you're trying to do. Like, there's so many different applications that you can use it for. Like, the most prominent and the one we talked about most by now is just, like, controlling NPCs. Yeah. But you can also do, like, level generation or just pathfinding, testing. So why do you Path think... Pathfinding is a funky thing. That's a, yeah. a lot of stra- early strategy games was like, why the fuck? A lot of early everything. Why are you standing yeah. on, on that river instead of taking the bridge that's like 10 meters upstream or something? I mean, why do you think that players, like, uh, you, you, I mean, so you've got, a, you've got an insight to this because you make this sort of thing, but why do you think players hate escort missions so much, like friendly AI? Because the AI is sometimes a bit stupid. Yeah. So following them is always like following a dumb baby. <laughs> in most cases true story playing Overwatch with some of my friends sometimes feels like an escort mission with AI <laughs> I've def- we've definitely had uh, destiny moments where I feel like I'm playing with a dumb baby I, I, my wife and I when we go for a, we go for a walk right and I always have this thing she hates it I go off in a direction uh, like say you're in the woods right I go off in a direction that's like off the beaten track right mm-hmm. and I end up in a dead end and I'm like doing the thing that 
uh, AI, uh, like NPCs do when they're like just running against around. the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this yeah. about your writing career? Uh, no. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, yeah, in the woods, yeah. But yeah, it's, it is weird. But, I, I, you know, some of those things are quite nice. Like, I quite like seeing the, the, the NPCs being fallible in that way, but only if it's something a bit unexpected. But what you expect is the stupid thing where, like, you're walking on behind them and they're walking really slowly and then they walk really fast and you're like, yeah. what speed do I need to go? It's different to their speed all the time. Like, yeah. I know I'm faster than you, but can you just keep up? Or stop running so far ahead. Um, but I, I like the idea in a game that somebody could really, like a developer could really challenge the escort quest thing and, like, like that suddenly the NPC does something that you don't know how to do. I mean, maybe that's happened a few times, but, like, they do something you don't know how to do and they're like, oh, well, just what, what, why aren't you following me? Like, I've climbed up here, but can't you climb up here as well? Like... I mean, Naughty, 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 Dog, Naughty Dog took a stab at it in a way where they just made anything that Ellie did stupid inconsequentially. So if she goes way ahead and trips a sound trap, like the bad guys aren't going to be like, there she is. Like, there's not that that same like Resident Evil Four, like Ashley, what is wrong with you? Did did somebody hit you in the head? Sort of thing. It was just like she but, she was there and then kind of useful. Yeah. That's like a scripted thing, though. I guess. No, I mean, she follows you organically through okay. the, through the whole Possibly. game. Yeah, she's yeah. just there. But whenever whenever she does something like oh there's bad guys get into cor- get into cover and she's just kind of like I don't know where cover is like nobody's gonna see her nobody's gonna be like oh there's that lady in that pink jacket just chilling out That's really like nice. it only reacts to you you and what you do and okay. she's just kind of there to to be if she does something helpful yeah that counts if she does something not helpful no it doesn't count yeah that, that happens a lot like also in like I think it was Ghost Recon where do you have like these guys helping you out and uh, yeah, when, like they cannot cannot be spotted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like the best thing. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of to even out the stupidity sometimes. Sure. I mean, I w- I'm not calling anyone's work bad. It's just of like course. that. <laughs> I mean, this is all stuff from a baseline where yeah, yeah like, th- like this is very said, difficult to do. Yeah. <laughs> this is difficult. But this yeah. is also how my feedback processes work. Mm. If I did a good job, it counts. Yeah. If I fucked up, it doesn't count. It was somebody else. <laughs> Ellie. It was busty. It was Ellie. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I just remember, like, because we brought a pathfinding, like, a funny thing, I, I don't think I've seen that again in, like, 20 years of gaming, like, in, in the options menu for Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. So, like, in 98 or something, there was an option, like, you could set how much of your processing resources you wanted to to allocate to pathfinding. Actually, <laughs> like, you could say, had a strong PC was, like, your processor, so you could say, like, hey more resource into the pathfinding so when you send them across the map and they didn't get stuck in like a dead end in a dungeon or a corner or stuff like that I actually remember reading something like that with uh, I think it was Galactic Civilization 2 like it was it was a 4x4 game and like the AI would be smarter if you had more if you had like a better PC it just used more of its processing power to, to mess with that stuff. I, it's just something I read, so... I mean, obviously, I don't know. But. I mean, that's like the thing with the chess computers, isn't it? Because sure. the, the, the better the chess computer, the better the... The deep blue. Yeah, deep blue, yeah. I mean, that, that ties into to what uh, to what Nick was saying as well, because, like, the, the, Civ, uh, the Civ guys gave a, a talk about AI and, like, how they, how they program their stuff, like, about, like, teaching the AI to play to lose. Like, it's like your job isn't to... Win here, it's just to keep it compelling. So you're not trying to be deep blue. You're trying to be, you know, something a little more... Deep blue something. Yeah. It's definitely... Oh, oh. I So I said, what about Civilization? And she said, yes, I remember the game. Yes, very good. As I recall, I think we all kind of liked it. What? Well, that's one thing we got. Go ahead, Nick. What? 
but yeah, did, like, like, like chess, compu- chess, chess, chess computers though. Like that's a that's a good that's an interesting example because um, I mean, like I always thought of it as being like they have a very rigid like programming of like all the chess openings and moves and all that stuff, um, and and then they just kind of adapt like they have to adapt to the human player. And I always thought um, we were talking about it earlier, but I always thought that maybe humans always have the advantage because they do something a bit random and go from there. And that's maybe that the computer's like scratching their head thinking, I don't know how to react to that because nobody ever makes that kind of stupid move. And But it's like a, a trap, you know. That possibility always seemed to be there, but I don't know um, if that's true anymore. I mean, the I, I don't think there's any move that is unpredictable for the AI that solved chess because it's like... Every move is like you can determine what what figure does what and like how it moves and it's kind of there's no like okay now I'm going to to move it like three fields no that's like not possible so it's obviously like it's solvable because it's it's only like so much each of the figures can do so it, it's so cool to be talking about chess after that first episode of Also Chess where we didn't talk about chess at all seven um, episode callback yeah check it out it's a good one. <laughs> Oh, we we've talked about chess. We talked about Busty's shameful youth as a chess aficionado. Yeah. All right, he would have been good for this episode. No, probably not. Um, Could talk exclusively about chess. That should be a, an episode once. Like at, at one point, you just talk about chess. So I mean, like as a as somebody kind of outside who doesn't know much about um, programming or AI programming, what's your what's your favorite part of it? Like doing the job. My favorite part of it is basically seeing that it works yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when you you just put in the work and you see the ai react the way you want it to react you kind of like is is it through other players that you're discovering that or just like on your own like you ever watch other people play your stuff? i mean it, it kind of depends like for for anna when we when we implemented it it was always like yeah we tested it internally and stuff yeah right but now you can can watch like People on Twitch play it and just get fucked by the AI. We just ch- sends over like thirty ships, and all of those victories count as victories for you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that makes sense. That's fair. Or when I when I read on Twitter that like people are, yeah, the hard AI just fucked me and like it's just sent over fifty ships and it's like yeah, that's what's supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, the best thing. Um, so. Uh... Getting back to Halo and Cortana, of course. Nice. Yeah. No, earlier on you mentioned like, like talked about difficulty, yeah. And uh, there was something that I found very interesting, and uh, you know, again, like this is such a, like tying everything together. We've talked about in the past. We had Baldur's Gate. We had uh, chess. Um, let's talk about <laughs> Destiny. So this week uh, there was a, a super big update from Luke Smith, uh, yeah. the uh, director of of the Destiny franchise on Destiny. And he talked about a couple of things, including difficulty. And he included a throwback to, to Halo where he said in the past, as when Bungie was still developing the Halo games, whenever they had a press event, they suggested to press that they should play it on heroic difficulty, which I think they is also the suggested that out of four. So there's, there's naturally both. But like for them, essentially, they said like, you know, heroic is the way Halo is meant to be played. They said that on the, in the menus for the game too, right? Could be. I thought, I thought so. Like it could be other games, but you've, I've definitely seen, yeah. Okay. But um, what was interesting, there's a, he said, like, you know, th- and the reason they did that was, you know, so there's a, a lot of varieties, go, ver- variables going into um, heroic, you know, who does more damage, who hits whom fast or something. But he said, like, the core reason why they told people to play in heroic is um, enemies take more damage. 
but that the, essentially that was a means to allow the AI to show more of the things from from the behavior tree. Yeah, like before it's dead, it can roll. It exactly. Can, it was like, yeah. hey, you know, like if, if it lives longer, it will do more cool stuff to challenge you as a player rather mm-hmm. than less just being shot. I mean, I thought that was very interesting because you know, in, in, in a lot of games, again, yeah, yeah like uh, putting up the. Difficulty just means stuff like it does more damage, it kills you faster. What I talked about earlier, you know, with those Unreal bots, it just jumps around the corner and headshots you like, oh my god, you're so clever, which not really <laughs> hasn't anything to do with intelligence. Um, uh, yeah, and I found that very interesting, like uh, that, that they said, you know, the reason why Heroic is the way to go, or that difficulty is specifically because it allows the AI as, a, as an opponent for you more to shine, I think. The uh, you know Halo AI has been praised a lot yeah, over yeah, the years, absolutely. and today Nick, please enlighten us because that's fascinating. You, as you know, the first game I allegedly ever played allegedly alleg- allegedly was Halo Two, which is not true. Oh, that's mm. a sick rhyme also. Mm. But today I learned something about Halo Two from my man Nick here, yeah, and I'm super happy about that. <laughs> no, it was today. Spit facts, Nick. Um, Spit facts. So yeah, we talked about Halo Two earlier. Um, the thing with Halo 2 and why it pops up all the time when you look up game AI is that they were basically the first game who implemented behavior trees. Okay. Which, like, before behavior trees, the most common approach to game AI was finite state machines. So, like, the AI is in one state, does something, and if it meets some condition, it moves to the next state. So If grenade lands next to me, roll. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Every time. If I mean, there yeah. might be also, like some random component to it so sure. like roll or like duck or whatever and just like 20% that 30% yeah. that or like the, of, of course there are like some some smart things people did with it but like the most Either basic way, after, thing is yeah. like after, grenade, jump mm-hmm. jump land uh, stand up aim shoot and like it would so like, it would it would basically reset it would only follow one path, yeah, and then reset. So it's always it, in one state and yeah. moves onto the next state to do something else. So how is Halo different? Halo is different because, uh, like, the behavior tree is basically—I uh, mean, it's called behavior tree, yeah. even though it kind of looks like roots because behavior most, roots. Got it. In most cases, it moves down. So yeah, yeah, like in the top state, and then it just moves through the branches of the or roots. Kind of depends on how you're killing your own uh, how you're here. here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, look, Nick is young, he lives in a city, maybe he's never seen a tree. He's never seen a tree, he's, but he does have a root cellar. So tell, I, mean, yeah, but like, I, don't, tell I don't know many people have seen the roots of a tree, like, you know, dug through the soil. You need one of those, like, cross-section yeah. worm tank things yeah. to see the roots, but yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what behavior trees are is just it moves through the entire tree and finds the state that is most appropriate for what, it's, what it wants to do. Interesting. So, uh, I mean, they're also, like, some nodes that are just like sequences. So the next three or five or whatever states are just going to be put in a sequence and just completed. And then it moves up again and just always finds the best path to what, what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And that is super like revolutionary because, I mean, before it was just state and then that and then that. So and can then you that. give me like a gameplay example of how that would be different? What I would think is good is like, if you think of a game where you just have the the state machine thing where you are in a state and do something then for example you have uh, search for player find player aim shoot and all over again like right. if if the player is out of range then find player and then okay yeah yeah and the the uh, behavior tree is kind of more flexible mm-hmm. because every time it moves to the tr- uh, to the tree and finds what is best to do right now mm-hmm. 
So it can also like easier switch weapons or like if if you want to extend the behavior tree, it's easier because you can just attach more stuff to the tree. I see. For the state machine, it would always be like, yeah, okay, you, you need to put something in there, and then okay, to what states can you transition to, uh, transition from from that? Like, so that, the state machine was way more rigid. Yeah. Yeah. So it's once like... once it's in, don't touch it again. Right. Because otherwise, it would be like, yeah, okay. Uh, Okay, now we can also reload. Okay, from reload you can go to find player if you don't have a like yeah, if you don't know okay. where the player is or like shoot at the player if you know where the player is. It's almost or, like it's, like it's like the the trees allow allow the AI to work with more variables. It's like normally yeah, I only care about finding uh, James Bond and shooting him, but now I need to look if my ammo is low or if I'm receiving fire. Yeah. I can take cover. Then how do I advance from there? And that uh, so, so and also was, like if you yeah. are at, at a a, a root or like as a, a node further up mm-hmm. you can always be like okay now i watch in that state down there but now i have to decide okay now i have to reload so I, instead of moving to the state i was in before i just moved to reload yeah and then you and then but, you have all those applicate like all the things they can do after reloading yeah yeah all right well okay, that's i mean another thing about it just from a lay perspective uh, as always uh is that it sounds like uh the first example the the historic one uh, relies on d- depends on the player's actions, whereas the second one sounds like it's kind of got its own business to sort out. Yeah, uh, the the NPCs kind of doing their own thing. It's like that dip- independence. Yeah, from the player. So it's a bit more reactive, and not just like okay, what is the player doing? What am I doing? I mean, you can also like I don't think like in in easy solvable cases, it's just like you wouldn't notice it that much, but the more complex it gets, the more clear it is, like, how predictable the AI is. So, like, if you want to do a shooter, the behavior tree thing was, like, revolutionary because it was never done before. And just, like, duck and grenade lands next to me, okay, I do that, and it's, just, it's always the same. You can always, like, kind of predict what, what it's doing. But I remember the first games, that I can't remember but what it was, but the first games that you played where... You looked at an AI and they were just doing their own thing, and you could like follow them around yeah. and see that they were kind of doing their own independent thing, and it wasn't to do with you; it was to do with them. And and that's an interesting transition that like feels like it's somehow connected with that. It's maybe it's not deliberately connected with that. It's but it's a, a byproduct of having that separation. No, it I mean, it's, is, it's like obvious how, how it kind of depends on how complex the whole system is. I mean. If it's a small system, it's obvious that it's like easy to follow. You always know what it's what it's doing, but the more complex it gets, and the more like noise it adds to it, to make it like a bit more obscure. It really, I mean, it's a question of agency, right? Because as we yeah. said, like in a lot of games, you see, uh, like like even to this day, in some shooters, you see like enemies standing there. They don't do anything. They just wait until you know the player reaches there. <laughs> Their radius that yeah. they that they active in, and they're like, oh shit, there's a player. Like we got to do something now. Um, we talked earlier about stealth games, and like Richard brought up uh, Splinter Cell Blacklist. I read a very interesting essay that, fun enough, that somebody wrote as an application to Blizzard, mm. but he wrote it about the AI of Blacklist, and it was interesting. <laughs> so we, we talked Wait. about you know this the the idea of what 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 makes a lot of um, AI games unbelievable is the idea of uh, sorry AI stealth games, where it's like, hey, my buddy's that. But there was thirty seconds. Oh, yeah. oh, cool! I'll go back to patrolling. And like in Blacklist, it just worked with that. With the, again, with the, the idea of states. But it was like you know, once the AI was 
in a triggered state or like, hey, something's wrong. Because initially it just patrols, like we talked about. Like it follows yeah, the patrol route and it's a puzzle game. But once it gets triggered, it's like, hey, something happened. I saw several suspicious things in short order or there's a body or something. It'll go into a heightened state, at which point it's like, hey, something's off. And it'll start going out on a, a essentially search and kill pattern rather than follow the patrol. And it will also tell people around it, like, hey something's off here guys we need to check and then again if something suspicious happens or if it sees the player it goes back into it goes into a combat state but it never regresses from that so like you know it, it never is that thing in, where in other games like well yes my friends were all shot but that was a minute ago come on guys let's go yeah, for yeah, lunch here, here it's more like you know okay I, I don't see the guy right now but I know the guy is here so I won't back down from you know, like that that alerted state or the combat mm-hmm. state I'll just keep searching and finding until I can kill him so I think that was like, like is maybe the reason why that keep, game keeps getting brought up because yeah. it it is kind of unusual. It still it still happens as well. Those games still like absolutely yeah, are everywhere yeah. still. And I mean, again, as I say, like it, yeah. in in a way, stealth games are tricky because they have to be kind of dumb. Otherwise, the game kind of falls apart. I think apart that's the for only part they're dumb. I think really you want them to be smart while they're doing while doing dumb things. The only thing you want them to do, I think, I think the dumbness. The only thing that, that needs to be stupid is like, uh, hey, "Hey guys, I made a mistake. Please, uh, please pretend like that never happened." <laughs> because you know the core of the stealth game is sneaking around. It's it's getting the drop on people, and if they are already expecting that, have you ever seen me play Metal Gear? I have seen you play Metal Gear. I wouldn't call what you did playing so much as just kind of slapping your hand on the controller and hoping for the best. But I mean, you, you saw that, like you was um, stealthy. You were the opposite of stealthy. You walked around with an unsilenced weapon and continuously shot at everyone. And any time that they even tried to kind of be like, all right, it looks like he's he's backing off. So everybody just kind of resent. Oh, he just shot another guy uh, really loud right in front of everybody. You know? So but it's I like, don't, yeah, it's, the interesting thing is I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. Like, I like the idea. So you go into a facility yeah. with the a, with a boxes and a warehouse mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And you're going through the vents. And then um, everything, everybody's like totally unaware that you're there. Mm-hmm. Then you do like you, you you drop through a vent and there's someone in the room and they shout and then obviously there's some these triggers and then after that permanently it's changed but maybe they're just kind of agitated and that's all yeah. you need like they're actually. they're they're doing the same actions they were before but they're like keep watch out because yeah. something bad just happened so, some some stealth games will do that yeah. Yeah. yeah I can tell you that Richard was very agitated as he watched me play Metal Gear very I was on high agitated alert indeed. But I mean, like, the, the, I think I think uh, the the newer Splinter Cells. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I you know I love Chaos Theory, love all the other ones. But uh, the newer Splinter Cells were were probably one of the best and first to start answering that question of what happens when I am no longer stealthy. Like they they help you put investment into combat. As as controversial as the shoot everybody in the room mechanic was, it was a great way to neutralize a situation that was about to turn bad. It's like this dude has spotted me. I now have a chance to automatically shoot him because I did well previously in the level. And it gets a lot of flack because it got less hardcore than its than its predecessors. But I think I think it did a really great job of giving you tools outside of that. And uh, a lot of that was the the AI um, doing the, the the different patrol routes or speaking with its with its um, like they would talk to their comrades and talk about how they were going to solve these problems and making that kind of transparent. I think that's something that uh, that should be should be emulated. I mean, uh, there are like in, in many games, like for example, the the Batman games, the Arkham games. Yeah. Uh, when you are staffing around, mm-hmm. the guards will never turn to you. 
Right. This is like the funniest thing. You can just walk behind them and do your stealth shit and they will never turn to you. Like they, awesome. they walk that around and they don't you're look Batman. at you. You're Batman. Yeah, you're Batman. Batman. Why would you turn to look at Batman? It's like so smart because in most cases you don't notice it, but you feel so powerful because you can just like walk behind them and then well this is what you're talking about at the beginning where people don't notice sometimes a lot of good AI it's yeah. like somebody programmed that, that guy to make you feel like like the dark knight you know yeah. like you don't get caught people don't just arbitrarily turn around and be like oh I caught Batman he's squatting in the floor <laughs> behind me he looks real embarrassed guys get over here like that you know that doesn't yeah, happen I mean it also Batman. happens in like in Far Cry and Uncharted where they just like the first shot always misses Oh, so straight up stormtrooper stuff. Yeah. It's like, I see him, blah, 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 and then it's like bullets around you. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I also like the idea that if you deliberately do it, if you're deliberate about it, okay, if you've got a scat- skittish AI that's just like turning around all the time, like running just around. Giving you the benefit. Yeah. And it, that's obviously not going to work. But maybe just one where it's exactly the same, but the twist is that suddenly, sometimes they suddenly swivel 90 degrees, pivot, and look at, and looking for you. And you know, as a player, that that may happen. Then yeah. that's something you can throw into the mix. It is. It is. Yeah. And I think it's. But it's something that you'd have to like from a game design standpoint be very open and arbitrary. Yeah. Like, like because you're basically telling players like, don't feel safe sneaking up on a guy. Yeah. And that's one of the core things you usually want to build is like we're showing you their vision cones, so it shows you where you're pretty much safe. And if they turn around, like, and that's why I think um, even patrol routes on these AI guys is so exaggerated. Like, they walk to a place, and then they stop. And you know that because they've stopped, in the next 10 seconds, they're going to look around somewhere. And they're going to start looking around left and right. Yeah. But maybe in the Batman example, if it's yeah. the same game, uh, let's just throw it in there. So, like, sure. you go up to somebody, you're, like, behind them, they're, like, they've got their back to you. Then suddenly they swivel around, this new thing. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you've got a Batman, maybe you've got a move where you just flip up onto the ceiling. Uh, sure. And, like stay prone on like the ceiling uh, and they don't see you but you well, have you, to react so they, 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 they have um, a lot like that if you think about it like a lot of their stealth sections are, are at least in from, from high point to a, high point right? it's not you even just the ziplining kind of like, like Spider-Man as well, well the, the, cool, the combat, stealth combat a little bit yeah, yeah you, you, definitely, you can definitely see where they got their inspiration from but one of the, the interesting things about that is like later in later encounters they know that you're zipping around and they, they work to Take that advantage away from you by putting explosives on the on the uh, perches. But like the interesting thing about the the Arkham Stealth was like as you were picking guys off, the remaining guys would get more fearful, and they never went back to just being calm. They would still do their patrol route, but just like they would be super spooked. And what that did was it got you that thing. So I think I think I'd, I'd have to play it again to to see if that happens. But um, the idea there was that the scared the more scared they were when they saw you. They would do this big like oh like they just got you know like like Jason Voorhees just popped up in front of them, you know. So they would do that big um, graduated reaction. So yeah, they might have been looking around more, but you still had to to pat it. I'm not sure if I'm, that's just wishful thinking based on an idea you just put in my head, but I, I should probably play those. I again definitely and remember thing. things like that in that game, yeah. and, and it also plays up to the tradition of Batman. This idea yeah. that he's it's actually terrifying, and yeah. there's that transition of the the, the minions as well in Batman, isn't mm-hmm. there, where they. They begin all like, yeah, the Joker's going to yeah, get you. And yeah. by the end, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. oh you're winning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, considering you said the word fearful, like, two oh. minutes ago. We've, I've hit we're you. We're going to transition to the I've activated your trap card. Yeah. Which game are we going to? Fear. Fear. What because... does it mean again? Oh, yeah. First yeah. encounter, assault recon or something? Yeah, advanced recon. 
Why would you say solid recon? That'd be fizzed. What? I didn't say solid. <laughs> Don't make me replay what you said. I said first encounter assault. Recon. Assault recon. I think something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which I th- may still be the most celebrated shooter AI, I believe. I like it's like the first thing that comes to my mind when people talk about AI in games. So, I mean, we, we specifically talk a lot about shooters today in stealth games. Um, so maybe, you know, we save like other topics, like, you know, something like like uh, believable environmental AI, something like Red Dead or so we can save for another episode. Sure. But yeah, Fear, uh, fantastic. Like that was really a, a game where I several times as I played it, I thought like, what the fuck is, what did he just do? Like, because I didn't see that coming. Mm. Um uh, again, I read like a uh, preparing for this episode. I read a uh, like uh, an ep- um, sorry an interview with one of the developers, and for example, like one thing they specifically mentioned. Only when I read it there did I did I realize. Oh yeah, that's something that everybody else does in in their games. Where it was like, yeah, our AI goes when when they're in cover, yeah. they don't go out of cover until you flank them because you're like in a ton of games. Like in, in Gears of War, obviously, you have the, the, the popping out, like Wreck and Yeah, they're always going to make it. Or like in a lot it, yeah. of games, it's like, hey, this AI is perfectly safe in cover, but you're the player and you're the hero, so you should be able to shoot them. So after five seconds, <laughs> they just pop out of cover, they run out of cover, run away, and then you can shoot them. Yeah. And in fear, they were like, well, our AI is in cover. Why would, why would they want to get out of cover unless they have to because you're putting a flank on them, right? Right. So that was like and um, one thing that I didn't actively think about, but when I read it, I was like, yeah, it makes sense. Like in every other game, why is the AI getting out of cover if they're perfectly safe in there? Mm. It, they have to because I, as a player, again, power fantasy, I should feel like like a badass, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Batman with a gun. Batman which doesn't make sense, I know. With a gun does not make sense. Um, also, one thing that I said in Fear, um, you know, a, a lot of games, again, uh, really, I think like everything in AI comes down to like this illusion of like, hey, we're challenging you and we're clever, but you're the player. And there sure. should never be any doubt that you're the star, right? Yeah. Like um, a lot of games, the AI will happily give you a a space to retreat, to heal, to take. Like like again, like the, the article from Luke Smith where he talked about AI and destiny, and he mentioned that in an encounter design, usually they try to unless it's like the super hardcore stuff, they they will try to give players a, a safe spot if need be. Right. And uh, again, with fear, what the, what the designer said is like that their AI will as much as they can try to haunt you as a player, mm-hmm. like they will always try to drive them before you put pressure on you. Like they don't want, and again, maybe that's the reason why, again, when I hear AI, the first thing I think of is fear as the game. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, like I just remember like those guys that just chased you. Like you, you try to reload somewhere safe and the guy pops around the corner like, aha, I go, fuck, again. Does he say it like that? No, unfortunately uh-huh. not. That's like a bust. I found you. I found you. Oh no! I mean, all of the things you're saying are things that you, that they've been done and they're tried and true, and like it's that's all good. But I love the idea of like AI is a centerpiece of a game, uh, in which the AI is incredibly difficult to pin down, yeah. like as the main theme of the game. You mean like, unpredictable? Yeah, it's a bit like it's a bit like what? Well, yeah, want unpredictable. You should try playing a mobile with Richard. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but it's like the the alien isolation game in reverse. You're like the alien, and you're trying to capture the AI essentially, but yeah. they are incredibly unpredictable. But in a obviously in a very curated like way, like a, ga- a game, a way that it's still a game. It doesn't feel arbitrary. And all yes. That stuff. Yeah. Again, I think like the really the challenge there is, and maybe that's like the topic of this whole episode is, is that really what players want? Like on yeah. the, on paper, I think everybody would tell yes, AI needs to be better and amazing and everything. But in in theory, you know, like some like Call of Duty, I think people are quite happy with you know like 
the AI being a a a grateful, yeah. you know, like like extra, you know, like to 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 their to their story, to the, the adventure that's, they have, whatever. I mean, right? much, you know, much like much like the rest of us. I mean, we we put a lot of a lot of effort into making your ego feel like it's the star. You know, that's a fantastic uh, allegory. We're all not real. You're just having this conversation You're talking with to yourself. Matt, right? <laughs> But no, no, that's very good. Thank you. That's a fantastic sure. example. I like it. <laughs> figured you'd, figured so yeah, you'd it, that is really like the thing because you know now we're we're on the on the brink and tying yet another past episode into this. I'm really oh, good at man. this. Man, callbacks we're, for days. We're, you know, we're on the brink of a new console generation, right? Yes. And obviously, uh, people always bring up, hey, what do you expect from new from the next generation? Uh, there's always yeah. graphics, or so some people say stuff you know, like that they want. And one topic that frequently comes up is AI. Where some people, you know, often journalists or people working in the industry say, you know, they want they want better AI. They hope that in the future, rather than having, you know, textures that are like uh, another gigabyte more, then maybe like we, we invest more resource or allocate more resources into AI. But again, I'm not 100% sure that this is what the majority of players would want. Like maybe emotion, I'm completely wrong. Emotion chip for commander data. It, it could be. I'm completely <laughs> wrong. And also, shit, I just realized, and that's uh, it's it's a shame now because we're coming to the end of this episode. How do we talk about AI the entire time we didn't talk about the Nemesis system from Shadow of Mordor? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. Because that was... Again, you know, it's like one of these things where after you play it for a while, you see through it pretty clearly. You see the limits. But in theory, it's like a super cool system. We, we also didn't what, talk what, about... I uh, liked... Two wars, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Because the system behind this is like so cool. Because it's, it's like a hive mind. So it like plans narratively. Like so many yeah. ponies. Also, also the AI, that's kind of cool. I mean, yeah. the AI narratively the AI and is the, AI. the implementation yeah. is well, like spoilers, a hive mind. I haven't played this game yet. The AI is the AI. The, yeah. That's fucked. And it's so cool because it has like these, these, these squads that do coordinated moves and everything can react with everything and it's, uh, yeah so they, they just kind of come together pretty pretty interestingly my problem with, with my only problem with which game was this horizon horizon yeah exactly I, I was just making sure before i said my only problem with horizon was the uh the um and it could have been a difficulty thing i think i'm pretty sure i played it on normal i don't think i knocked it down but uh i got the whistle which you just whistle and people will come to you in the in the tall grass where you're hanging out and you can just stab them and then you can just do it again. <laughs> like the amount of bodies I was piling up in the in the early stealth parts of that game for anything was just like and they're like, oh, oh yeah, I just gotta crawl over all my four dead guys in this grass. What's going? Oh no, I got stabbed. And they just never they never communicate that. But I think yeah, but, but that's more for the, the actual problem. combat. Yeah, yeah, because because you want to give the player some some ways to yeah, to could be. fight the AI. Yeah, but. That's yeah. It's also like balance is important. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it probably would have been better if I, if even the early enemies or they communicated it early on because I don't yeah. have a ton of time in that game where it was just like they would look at a, a dead body and be like something's wrong. Yeah, you know that's something that they've had. I know we're running out of time, but but basically, like one thing that bugs me as a player mm-hmm. is when the AI clearly don't play by the same rules as you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's something that happens a lot. But it's also it something that is necessary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because obviously the A doesn't have all the information you have, mm-hmm. and well, it it does. It has more information than you have, right? Yeah, but it kind of perceives it differently. And yeah, you shouldn't you know, say that it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like when when you when you shoot and all the everybody in the area knows exactly where you are. Stuff yeah, like right. That. Yeah. Like also like in in 
some city builder games, you know, where they just kind of cheat sometimes to have cheating in a city builder. Yeah, can't be impossible. I mean, this, this uh, fighting games get flack for that a lot, right? Like reading inputs and uh, yeah, that's. Uh, but yeah. I mean, if you want to have a specific difficulty, this is like kind of how you but have is, to do this it. This is the thing that, that I think kind of kind of ties it together is like is like exactly what you're saying. Like this stuff needs to exist. Behind the curtains, I think the minute you can recognize AI or that it's happening or you can see the machine thinking, you're taken way out of the game, like Matt said. And like you just suddenly you remember that you're, you know, you're sitting on your couch and you're not, uh, you're not really stabbing yeah. little robots in the neck. But I mean, if you, if you want also like narratively want to have a character that has like a giant army, yeah. you want to have him, have him or her yeah. to have like a giant army from the start. Right. That's kind of his character or her character. Mm hmm. And uh, you can say there. Well, now that you pointed it out, it's kind of weird. Uh, thank say. you. I'll edit it in every time you say it. Yeah, but please just <laughs> his audio <laughs> feeling. You can just do there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, that's kind of needed. So, in order to get there, they kind of have to cheat or have to have like a bigger army than you from the start or something. Yeah. Because sometimes it's you just want the character to feel in a specific way, and. Yeah, how else are you going to achieve that? Right. Yeah, it's 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 problems like that where where it really illustrates how all the different disciplines in game development can kind of tie together. Like that that solid AI programming is needed to make the design choices shine to detract from the from any kind of breaking elements that would take somebody out of the narrative of the art of the everything else. You know, and it's it's it, I don't think it, I think it gets more flack than credit because, like you said, people will notice it when it's busted. Yeah. And when that happens, it's just a dog pile on that. But when it's when it's good, it doesn't get noticed. And when it's really good, somebody just kind of kind of points it out, right? I can't help but notice that you didn't include the most honorable of all uh, game development. Skyrim uh, Bucketheads? Marketing wasn't included oh. in your list of how it all ties together, but that's okay. I mean, if it was good, marketing will take credit for it later. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just like this episode. Just like this episode. Okay, so uh, it was a great conversation we had today. Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, so since really we just focus on uh, shooting and stabbing people, yeah. maybe in the future we can come back to this topic the next time Nick is on and talk about, you know, like again, uh, like AI, opo uh, sorry, AI, like AI companions like Ellie in in uh, The Last of Us or you know, like uh, the people you hang out with in, in Uncharted and again yeah. I think what's really interesting is um, like how AI helps to make believable worlds like like the Radiant AI in Skyrim or something like uh, all the people running around in, in Red Dead 2 so maybe that's something we'll come back in the future how about unfortunately we, yes. can you promise that at least we'll talk about the uh, the fish in Call of Duty Ghosts they swim away from you it's dynamic it's fish amazing. unfortunately that's not true for real life fish they didn't do that. They swam towards me. I've been traumatized. But anyways, thank you all. It was once again great to have you all with us today. And it's time for your last thoughts and or plucks. Richard. Uh, we're going to make Seaman 2 a reality. Uh, deep fake in Leonard Nimoy. I just need to figure out which two animals we're going to mash up with a human face. Is it going to be my face? It's probably... I'm actually thinking like a fish and raising Leonard Nimoy while Leonard Nimoy narrates. That's my plan for now. See you, man, too. Stay tuned. That's good. That's yeah. a promising start. Nick, thanks again for being with us and for bringing the topic. That was obviously great discussion fodder. Any last thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about a lot of things now, but there are like so much more things we can talk about. Like, yeah. like I mentioned level generation, like Spelunky or Dead Cells or anything. Or 
machine learning in games, which is like the new big thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like the, the future of AI is promising. Yeah, well, we'll have to bring you back to talk about it more. And people that want to talk to you on Twitter can do so at... Not advisable. At not advisable. Last question, because you don't have one. Damn it. Last question, you are you smarter, one. Nick, than a xenomorph, yes or no? Yes. Good. Depends on the game. And that's No, you said yes, that's it. <laughs> people will remember this. Matt, any last thoughts and or plugs? Uh... Uh, I like the idea, if we do some more AI stuff, of, of finding about AIs that f- can fall in love with you for who you are in games. Uh, it's not like a, a weeb thing. I'm, I was thinking I'm more sure. in the line of... <laughs> it sounds like Korean boyfriend. S- like, I like oh, my, but, no. but, but I like my the idea that... Tingling. I like, uh, you know, as we're talking about other types of AI other than stabby stuff, that would be something of interest to me. And people can talk to you at... Goatflip. At, at Goatflip on Twitter. At Goatflip, yeah, please. Excellent. So yeah, thanks all. I hope you had a uh, a lot of you fun. You didn't miss your Twitter handle. Can you let me? Re- Are you dude, getting into it? You're not the host. You didn't even give, give last thoughts. Com yes, my Twitter handle is at com underscore raven. com. You can talk to me there. I'm happy to discuss anything and everything. Like how Richard keeps fucking interrupting me, despite not being the host. <laughs> Anyways, helping. So I'm um, the AI here. Thanks again for joining us uh, on today's episode. We hope you had a great fun. Uh, you had a lot of fun. Uh, fun. We'll be back next week, fresh from Gamescom, with another topic. And as always, you can get new episodes of the Projector Lunchcast every Thursday. You can shoot us an email at projectorlunchcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Todd Howard did nothing wrong. Todd Howard as Leonard Nimoy in a fish tank. I. 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 Welcome back to Projector Lunchcast episode 7. <laughs> Starting off great. Be the old school. Yeah, old school. We the old school. Yeah, old school. Got me some roses and a little bling. I knocked on her door, she said, What you waiting for? I heard you was looking for a king.